Welcome to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast, coming to you from Gilbert, Arizona. We pray that God will bless your time as you listen. Dear friends, welcome to the first Sunday of Advent. Last Sunday, we celebrated the solemnity of Christ the King, a crisis of faith that swept across public and private life within and outside the church necessitated enthroning Christ as our universal King by Pope Pius XI as a cure to counteract this crisis. Christ requires embracing the values of truth, justice, love, peace, grace, and holiness. These are the values that Jesus emphasized during his lifetime. He stood for these values and died for them. We too. We are encouraged last Sunday to ensure our families ensure our lives to the safety and protection of the sacred heart of Jesus, who will, at the end of time, be the chief judge of all of us. So ensuring our lives to him will guarantee our safety, the safety of our lives on the last day. Since the insurance company will always compensate you at the loss of whatever you insured, so ensuring our lives to Jesus, who is the truth, who is the life, who is everything the way, will be in safe hands. The solemnity of Christ the King ushers us into the season of Advent. Advent is a period of four weeks intensive spiritual preparation for the coming of Christ. The first coming was over 2,000 years ago when the word took flesh and dwells among us. John chapter 1, verses 14. Jesus' second coming is to take us to the Father. He will come and take us to where the Father is. The first Sunday of Advent focuses its guest on the, his coming, on his coming. The prophet Jeremiah prophesied about this, that God will fulfill the promise of sending an upright branch of the family of David. He will establish and execute justice, righteousness, and peace in the world. St. Paul's letter to the Thessalonians challenged believers on their disposition at the second coming of Christ. Love is central in Christianity. He urges us to increase more and more in love for each other and live holy lives, holy and blameless, blameless lives on the day of the Lord's coming. Above all, that we should live lives that please, that pleases God. We must 
actively and persistently show love to each other. This was the heart of Jesus' teaching. The love that transcends beyond friendship. The love that transcends beyond color. We love because we are all humans, we are all God's creatures. The gospel announces the arrival of Jesus' coming with upheavals. As men will be dying of fear, as they wait for what menaces the world. However, the disciples of Jesus should have nothing to fear. Rather, they should stand erect, hold their heads high, lest they be coerced with immorality and drunkenness and the cares of life that will sprung suddenly into a trap. In expectation to his coming, we should keep watch and be spiritually fit. Spiritual fitness, spiritual disposition that we need to have at the second coming. And the second reading has portrayed that fact seriously by emphasizing we should live a life of love we should live holy lives, lives that are blameless, spotless, unquestionable, above all, that pleases God. My life, your life, should please God. And what sort of life should please God? We should live the life of Jesus, whom we are expecting his coming. These are the things we should get set as we await the return of Jesus. One thing that is underscored is watch and pray in the gospel reading today. Keeping watch and being vigilant characterizes the Christian disposition at the second coming of Christ. Watching and waiting implies being engrossed on our daily task. In no way does it mean idle, idleness and gallivant in doing nothing. To gallivant doing nothing. That you should be at your duty post, doing what you are expected to do when you're supposed to do it. Rather, it means commitment to duty, doing the right thing at the right time with the right intention. When we do our work well, we contribute our quota in the building and the development of the earthly city. The Catholic monastic practice has the mantra that is attributed to St. Benedict as one of the rules of his monastery, that laborari es orari. To work is to pray. If we do our work well, thus it becomes a prayer. Prayer and work are constantly linked up together. There is close relationship between the two. Our work will be what will qualify us for heaven. 
or disqualifies us. Therefore, we have to work and work well. We are Jesus' ambassadors or representatives in our various callings as a doctor, as a nurse, as a teacher, as an architect, an engineer, manager, bakers, mechanics, farmers, name it. Whatever I do on this altar is what you do at your workplace. Mine is on Sunday. From Monday to Saturday, you have the duty as a doctor. Jesus is the chief physician. Whatever you do in the clinic or in the hospital, consider it as Jesus is using your hand to execute it. He is the chief physician. Therefore, you are only his ambassador in your office. As an engineer, an architect, Jesus will say, I am the cornerstone that without him the engineer can do nothing. The baker, Jesus will say, I am the bread of life. So when you bake, you know that Jesus is using you to feed the people. Whatever calling it is, it's an opportunity for us to impact in the lives of people. Your work will contribute to your making heaven. Therefore, if we are told to keep watch, to be vigilant, is not to go and then run to the church to begin prayer that you have not been praying. Just continue with your daily work and do it and do it properly. When we are able to walk the prayer, the two legs are there for a Christian to stand on. Walk and then prayer. A good Christian is not a lazy person at prayer, is not a lazy person at work. He walks the prayer when he gets to his working place. When he comes to the church, he walks the prayer as well. The two are together. So if we are told to keep vigil and to walk, the second thing is prayer. So that we do not fall into temptation. Prayer is part of the, spiritual, the spirituality of Advent. The gospel tells us to pray so that we can have the strength to overcome the tragedy of his second coming. Similarly, at the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus came and met his disciples sleeping. He challenged them that they should pray so that they are not put into temptation. Matthew chapter 22, verses 45. While we keep vigil in waiting, dialoguing with God in prayer is of absolute importance. Our love for each other cannot increase. Our call to be holy and blameless and do what is pleasing to God cannot be possible without commitments to prayers. In history, there hasn't been serious Christians whose prayer life was found wanting. A good Christian is synonymous to being a prayerful Christian. The Bible has given us multiple examples of people that prayed. 
Moses was always on the top of the mountain, Mount Sinai, having the privilege of going to Jerusalem, and we traveled to Egypt, went to the peak, very, very cold a place, spent 40 days, 40 nights, and brought the Ten Commandments. What was he doing? Praying. He led the people of Israel out of bondage. Elijah, whom we read not too far, how he encountered the widow at Zarephath, the man that could predict that there will be no rain in Israel for three and a half years, and heavens obeyed him because he was a man of prayer. What of the mother to Samuel in the book of Samuel, First Samuel? When her other woman jeered at her that she hasn't a child, she returned to prayer, and God gave her a son, Samuel. John the Baptist, the man that denied city life and was always in the desert, he was always praying. Daniel, Abednego, Shadrach, all of them were people of prayer. We could see this week how Daniel was thrown to the burning furnace, himself and then the other people in the lion's den. Because of their prayer life, they survived. There is nothing that prayer cannot do. People like Teresa of Avila, people like Teresa uh, Catherine of Siena, and then John of the Cross to mention but a few there is nothing that prayer cannot do. Prayer can change people. Prayer can change situations. When we are committed to prayer, the sky will be our starting point. The season of Lent, Advent, is a period of serious prayer. These four weeks should be a period of commitment to us that we should go an extra mile to pray. Not only praying for ourselves, we should pray even for our enemies. Pray for even those that hurt us. Pray for the government of our country. Pray for our spiritual growth. All of us, as we prepare to celebrate Christmas, we have to prepare ourselves adequately, spiritually well, so that we have a good platform to stand on to celebrate Christmas. Finally, years back, a priest was meditating on the readings of the first Sunday of Advent. And behold, three lads were playing football in the field. He stood them suddenly to inquire if Jesus is to arrive there and then, what should be their reactions and disposition? To his greatest surprise, their responses were quite fascinating. The first said, he did not have lunch. He will run home in order to have a quick dinner before he will come to join Jesus. And the second one said that he had a squabble and a misunderstanding with someone the previous day. He will run to the parish house and have his sins confessed. However, the third person's answer was awesome. He simply said he will invite Jesus to play with him. 
there was no need for him to run helter-skelter. Perhaps going to the priest's house, he will also be running also. Jesus' coming will not permit us to go anywhere. Where he finds you is where he goes with you. And that is why the question of being awake and being up to date in whatever we are doing is necessary. If Jesus is to appear to us now, what will be your own response to his invitation? Come, follow me. Thank you for listening to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast. For additional podcasts and media, visit us on the web at www.sanneaz.org. Again, that's www.stanneaz.org. St. Anne, pray for us.